Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, uh, great Friday to you. So glad you can be here as we are uh, getting ready for the weekend and lots to do and think about. Governor Mike Huckabee is always someone who's busy on the weekend because his show over on TBN, Huckabee Today, is a huge weekend hit. And he rejoins us to give us a preview and talk about some of the headlines. Governor, always good to talk to you. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's uh, a pleasure. I just wish there was something going on in the news that we had to talk about. But we'll come up with something. I was on my way to a station event yesterday when I heard the news that uh, Senator Grassley had revealed um, a little bit more information about just how much the Bidens know about one another and their business dealings and what the Burisma officials apparently seem to know and understand about it all. Your reaction to the revelations of yesterday? Well, what Senator Grassley did was, uh, and to use an overused word that you often hear, it was a bombshell. And this one actually detonated. And the reason that it did is because a confidential human source, the FBI, has paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to over the years, which means they believe he's credible. They think he had something to say, gave explicit background as to an outright bribe of both Joe and Hunter Biden of a total of $10 million, $5 million to Hunter, $5 million to the big guy, Joe himself. And all of it was related to making sure that the prosecutor, Shokin, got fired so he would quit messing with Burisma. Well, Joe is on record on television proudly proclaiming that he told the uh, people of Ukraine that he was getting ready to leave in six hours and there was a billion dollars of aid ready for Ukraine, but they were only going to get it if they fired Shokin. And his response on the stage in public was, this is Joe, saying, well, son of a hmm, he got fired and they got the billion dollars. And, and if this was uh, Trump and the evidence was this clear, he'd be in handcuffs already. Um, so let me ask you, if, you know, X's and O's here. What what do you think Grassley, the Senate, the House's steps are? Is this something that appears to be impeachable? Is it something that they need to um, ask him to resign from office for? What's what what do you think is 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 the next step? Well, if this were a, a typical world where justice actually was applied equally across the board to people of both parties, uh, I think he would be prosecuted. Certainly he would be impeached and even Democrats would vote to convict him. But we're not living in reality world anymore. We're living in a fantasy land where Democrats don't know what a woman is and think that men give birth. So you've got to remember that Donald Trump got impeached for having a phone call with the Ukrainians, simply asking them about this bribery deal that Joe was involved in. He asked the question on a phone call. It was a legitimate question to ask. He didn't uh, promise anything in exchange for it. He didn't threaten anything, as did Joe Biden. He simply brought it up. And for that phone call, he was impeached. And I hope people get that context very clear. It seems strange on a lot of different levels, but I would um, I, I would hope that maybe the House uh, committees can can, you know, get this I don't know, dealt with in a more effective way. I mean, it, it, where do you turn to try to get justice here? It seems uh, it seems discouraging that there is, seems to be a lack of that possibility. I want to commend the 
Republicans in the House. And I think sometimes people say, well, they're not doing anything. Actually, they're doing all they can do. They're holding the hearings. They're providing the evidence. But they don't have the power to singularly go and arrest people. And they can't just automatically, uh, I guess they could uh, maybe launch impeachment. But there's absolutely no chance it's going to get through that Democrat Senate right now, unless some Democrats pledge that they, too, are revulsed by what's going on. So the, the Republicans in the House are doing what they can do. The headwind they face is they have a stonewalling uh, president and White House. They've got Democrats who are monolithically opposed to any uncovering of the truth. They have the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the intel community all in a very clear uh, collusion to stand together to protect the D.C. swamp rats. And then you have the news media that with only a very few exceptions are more than willing to look the other way and pretend none of this is even happening. So it's very hard to get anything done unless we see in the next election cycle some real power shifts. And if you don't get a President Trump back in the White House and don't get the Senate and don't keep the House, you know, to be honest, I don't know that anybody ultimately goes to jail for this as they should. It's uh, really discouraging. Speaking of discouraging, uh, I was just headed into my morning yoga class this morning when I got the news alert. Uh, Tony Bennett at 96 is no longer with us. Um, Your thoughts on the great crooner? An incredible uh, voice. There there was just none like him. I met Tony Bennett several years ago. He came to uh, be the featured act when the Hot Springs Convention Center opened, the 10,000-seat arena. And the reason that it was so significant is because the very first place that Tony Bennett ever sang the song, I Left My Heart in San Francisco, was actually in Hot Springs, Arkansas, back in the early 60s. (laughs) And he tried that song out at the nightclub where he was performing in Hot Springs, a place called The Vapors. And obviously, it kind of worked for him because it became his signature song. But that was the first place Tony Bennett ever performed it. And of course, he performed it there in front of a sold out house. I got to go backstage and visit with him. He was very gracious and kind. And what amazed me was this single voice on the stage. When he walked out there, you can tell what a true performer is. He owned that crowd. I mean, it was he exuded the charisma. And he was in his 80s at that point. And he still just had the voice and the power uh, it was something to behold, and you watched and said, folks, that's how it's done. Well, it's uh, it's a good memory for me as well. 20-something years ago when we came to New York as newlyweds, uh, one of our first, I don't know, it had to be one of the first two or three Christmases that we were here, um, a fellow named Baldwin that you and I know pretty well uh, invited oh, yeah. us to uh, go to a Rockefeller uh, uh, Christmas taping. Um, and we we happened to be right at the stage just outside of Rockefeller Plaza and uh, who was performing that night, but uh, Tony Willi- uh, uh, Tony Bennett uh, doing some of his classic uh, Christmas selections, which mm. is interesting because he was not necessarily someone that celebrated Christmas, but it was, but it was, uh, it was, it was a good uh, experience. And to have him there in Rockefeller with the, the snow laying around and everybody in there, you know, it was cold. I mean, it was, but it was such a good, great memory of uh, getting to see him and not just see him 
in in person, but actually, you know, be within a couple of arm length of him to see at that level uh, what he was doing. Um, speaking of music, uh, what's on the big Huckabee show this weekend? Well, I'm sure you can bet we've got a lot to talk about. We will certainly get into some of the things of this week. But Governor Kevin Stitt from Oklahoma is going to be with us. Sean Davis from The Federalist. Our uh, fantastic music is going to be by uh, Catchy Okuchi. She was one of only two survivors of a plane crash in Nigeria, but she went on to have a triumphant appearance on America's Got Talent just released her first album and is going to be with us. And she has an extraordinary story and voice. Nice. Uh, it's always worth the uh, weekend fun over at Huckabee today. You got to check that out Saturday and Sunday nights, uh, eight and 11 over there. And in between flip over to Salem news channel and catch me at nine o'clock. It's a lot of fun. Governor, always appreciate it. Have a great weekend, Kevin. You too. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away.